Let me ask you, what if in the blink of an eye, millions of people all over the earth disappeared and were gone? What if a large coalition of nations gathered from the north of Europe and part of Africa and tried to invade Israel? Did you know that all of these events are predicted to happen in the future according to the Bible? Today, three biblical scholars who know Greek and Hebrew and have written 157 books between them are our guests. They are Dr. Mark Hitchcock, Dr. Ron Rhodes, and Jeff Kinley. It is interesting that in the polls of the Pew Research Center, they show that four in 10 Americans believe we are living in the last days. Further, they found out that 70% of evangelical Christians believe Christ could return during their lifetime. Where does the Bible talk about these things? Today, you will find out on this special edition of The John Ankerberg Show. Welcome to our program. I'm John Ankerberg, and I have three tremendous scholars that are with me. Between the three of them, they've written 157 books on the topic that we're talking about. And I'm not saying just small books, little pamphlets. I'm talking about very detailed books about what's happening today. And I want to hook this up with uh, the Pew Research Center again, because they have actually taken polls uh, of you folks that are listening, Christians and non-Christians. And one of the things that blows my mind is they found out that four in 10 U.S. adults believe humanity is living in the end times. And I want to hook that up with our guests. With uh, That's what our Americans think. Why do they think about that? But I'm more interested in talking about what God thinks about that because nations come and go all down through history. If you actually remember your history class, you had different empires that grew and stayed for a period of time and then they deteriorated. And there's other historians that have said, why did they deteriorate? And there's a pattern there's a list of things that each of those nations did that they deteriorated. And I believe it's the God of heaven that looks down that says there's a period of time where you're doing things right, but then all of a sudden you cross the line and you started to sin. And you started to sin big time. And you crossed the line and you went into God's judgment territory and God's judgment came. With some, it came in one night. With others, it came over 400 years. But it came. And uh, we've got one of our scholars here. I'm going to offer his book. And the question is, what's happening in America? Have we crossed the line? Are we coming to the end of America? It's amazing how many people ask me that question here and in Europe. They want to know. And what we're actually saying is, has America, in your estimation that those of you that are watching, has America crossed the line where we're now into the territory where God should judge us because of the way that we live and the decisions that we're making and what we're doing every day? Now, the book of Revelation, we're doing just a quick outline with the guys. And last week we did the first part of Revelation and came up there's three and a half years and three and a half years, a seven-year period of time. And it's in the book of Revelation. 
And we found out that there's a political leader that's going to come after the rapture, and the world's going to be looking for a man that can lead them, that can pull them out of all the troubles. Right here in America, we're looking for a leader that can help us with the economy and make sure the supply lines are open and, you know, we've got enough for heat and gas and, and things that we need. And we've got food on the shelves and uh, we don't have inflation and we're not getting our money taxed away and stuff. So we're looking for that in America right now, but the fact is the world's going to be looking for a man even more desperately than we are because they even have less than we have, and we're going that direction. And the book of Revelation talks about these things, and we want to talk about where God says, you've crossed the line. Now the judgment's coming, and I want the guys to talk about what the judgments are. Now, we come to the middle point of what is called the tribulation period of time. And Mark, in a very quick way, would you talk about what happens at the midpoint? the religious leader, the political leader called the Antichrist. That's the biblical name that's given him, but he's really a political leader that the world has erected and he's made a deal with Israel and signed it and that gave Israel time to relax and they feel peace and safety living in the land of Israel. And uh, their enemies are basically defeated and they think things are swell and then we come to a three and a half year period of time and what happens? Well, at the middle of that seven-year period, that three-and-a-half-year point, the Antichrist is going to break that treaty with Israel. It's going to be one of the great double crosses of all time in history. He's going to break this covenant with them, and he's going to begin to declare that he is God, um, that he's going to be worshipped. He's going to set up, according to Revelation 13, there's going to be a one-world government. It's going to be a one-world economy, which we see developing right before our eyes. And there's going to be a one-world religion. He's going to demand that everybody in the world worship him. He's going to have an image of himself erected and placed in a rebuilt third temple there in Jerusalem. And all the world is going to be called upon to worship him as God. And so he's going to be indwelled by Satan, empowered by the devil himself. He's going to dominate and rule the world during that last three and a half years of human history. And what is the mark of the beast? Well, the mark of the beast is, is this number 666, and I believe it's the numerical value of the Antichrist's name. So when he appears, in, in both uh, Hebrew and Greek, the, the letters of the alphabet have a numerical value. So his name, when he appears, will equal 666, and people will have to take his name. It'll, it'll be like a, a loyalty oath or a pledge of allegiance to the Antichrist. They'll have to take his name upon their right hand or upon their forehead to be able to buy or sell or be engaged in commerce. So that's the extent to which his control will go throughout the earth. And we see that today with all the technology that we have, uh, how someone could really have that kind of iron-fisted control um, over the economy in the future. But that's what that mark of the beast will be. People have a choice. They'll either have to take the mark of the beast and accept Antichrist and pledge their loyalty to him, or they will trust in, in Jesus Christ. But if they do trust in Jesus, there's going to be a great price to pay. It's going to be a persecution. Uh, those who accept Jesus are going to be killed and martyred by the Antichrist. Yeah, and it'll be hard to buy food as well because you yes. can't buy or sell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. Yes. Uh, Jeff, take <coughs> us through uh, the first couple of trumpet judgments. This is what the book of Revelation calls them. They're actually uh, judgments that God puts out. And uh, just tell us why God puts these out. Uh, sin is on the increase. We've got a leader that's indwelt by Satan that's ruling the world. 
And by the way, we got the technology to follow everybody that's already put up in China. You got a facial recognition. If you fly mm -hmm. into China, they can right. photograph you coming off the plane. They can follow you all the way to your hotel and what you're doing in the hotel and how you're spending your money and going to have a global currency that they can find out what you're doing. And they also have a penalty system. If they don't like what you're doing, they can drop your social status on their computers. And the fact is, if you go to the drugstore to get medicine, you might not be able to get the medicine you want. If you want to get food, you can only get so much. If You can't travel out of China. So there's penalties. And we got the technology to do all of that that's already in China. And what I find is the European Union, a lot of their states are looking at that technology and says that's the model. But anyway, let's come back to this thing. What is God going to do in terms of judging the world that starts following this Antichrist and a false religion? What's the first judgment of the trumpet judgments? Yeah, we come to the trumpet judgments and basically God is showing the world that he's in charge of the world. You know, God created the world. One day he's going to uncreate the world. But God's telling humanity, I'm in charge of the world. I will bring these judgments. And the first two judgments we see there, John, is that vegetation uh, is struck. There's ecological judgment on the world. A third of the trees are burned up. You think about these fires that you see across the world that are localized, uh, they're going to be massive fires across the world that are going to be regional. Uh, also it says in the second trumpet judgment the oceans are struck. A third of the ocean becomes like blood and a third of the fish die. A third of the ships are destroyed as well. You think of the domino effect on commerce, on delivering food to the nations, and this is compounded Back in the seal judgments, we talked about the famine that comes as a result of war. Now these ships uh, of commerce are, are kept from going into port. So now famine is more increased. Think of the, the catastrophe that creates, the, the panic that creates, the anger, the violence that comes with that. Yeah. And this is all a part of the world that's a part of these judgments. Keep on going. Yeah. Yeah, the third trumpet judgment says the waters are struck, a great star falls from heaven and ends up uh, poisoning a third of the rivers and the springs of water. Think about how precious water is, how important water is to everything that we do. That supply is about to be cut off uh, during this yeah, time. Yeah, and I've had astronomers on the program, and I've asked them, you know, there's some movies that have been made about just one little uh, comet coming in and hitting the earth. And uh, sometimes at the beginning of that, they're saying if it's big enough, we're all done. We're, yeah. we're gone. But if just a little part, they, they cut off all the rest and a little bit of the comet comes in here, mm -hmm. the fact is it could take out maybe a couple of nations right. or it could do what it's talking about here. If it's big enough, our water supply would be touched right. and people would die. Mm -hmm. And people have already seen the movies of what will happen. I'm saying, this is saying it's going to happen. Keep going. Hey, what God is basically doing here, he's, he's taking away the things that people depend upon so that God can tell them, you need to be depending on me. Uh, this fourth uh, trumpet judgment, the third of the sun and the moon and the stars, their light uh, is dimmed in the earth. You think about how important light is to the earth. And so, once again, God is showing his sovereignty, his control over the earth. Yeah, well, Ryan, you have a hard time breathing. If a comet hits, think of the dust that's going to be in the earth. I think that you're not going to be able to see the sun and the, and the moon simply because all of the stuff that's in the atmosphere, it's going to go dark. Well, not only that, the darkness itself is going to have an effect on vegetation, mm -hmm. you know, whatever vegetation is left. Light is required for vegetation to grow. So what we see is the famine problem is cascading out of control. 
It's going from bad to worse. And just when people have very little water to drink, very little food to eat, what we find next is that demons are released mm. from the bottomless pit. And, you know, read the description here. Their shape was like a horse, their faces like men. They had hair like women, breastplates of iron and wings, tails like scorpions, and there were stingers in their tails. You know, John, those are really ugly demons. But the bad part is they can sting. And they're going to torment human beings for five months. So again, you're out of food, you're out of water, and now you're being physically tortured by these demonic spirits. That's why we say that in the tribulation period, the judgments go from bad to worse. Yeah. I also want to come back to this thing that, uh, you know, Ann Graham Lotz, when she was here, she did the book of Revelation, and uh, it was very interesting that she kept saying, between every one of these judgments, there's a pause. And the pause shows the mercy of God, even with this judgment. And it was a chance for people that saw this, recognized that God was dealing with humanity, and they would turn and put their faith in Jesus. Now, they're in a time period where the Antichrist is ruling, and they know they got real pressure. If they put their faith in Jesus, the Antichrist will want to try and kill them. They won't be able to get food. They won't be able to get anything for their family. It gets tougher to make a decision for the Lord as we go along, but the opportunity to do it is there, even if you're going to die. So with the judgments comes the mercy of God, but God is still operating. Let's continue. Jeff, what's the next one? Yeah, the sixth trumpet judgment says, four angels are released that are bound at the great river Euphrates, and there's a 200 million entity, army, that is released. Uh, I believe these are demonic cavalry, uh, supernatural cavalry that are released, and they kill a third of mankind. And if my fifth grade math serves me correctly, John, that's a half of mankind yes. now that's been decimated by the judgments of God. And what's very interesting, too, is that we saw in the very first part, when the first judgments were released, you saw a great number of, that no man can count come to know Jesus Christ. But as we go along, we don't see that as much. In fact, the Bible tells us that man's heart gets harder and harder. They begin to get angry at God the more he brings these judgments. Uh, this is an impetus why people need to trust Christ now before their hearts become hard. Mark, uh, God's mercy is still at work, and he puts down on earth two witnesses, and he also raises up 144,000 Jewish witnesses. Define what that is. I don't know if God's got a sense of humor or it's just the fact that he wants people to have another opportunity to receive Christ. Talk about these two witnesses, who they are, and then talk about the 144,000 witnesses, Jewish witnesses, and they can't be harmed, and they can preach the gospel all around the world. Yeah, the, the two witnesses are described in, in Revelation chapter 11. Uh, they're two men, they're two individuals who will live on the earth during the coming time of the tribulation. It says they're going to prophesy for three and a half years. Now, there's differences of opinion about who they are, but, but my view is that they're Moses and Elijah. They come back. Uh, they make kind of a curtain call, if you will, because when you read those passages there, a lot of what they do is very much like what Moses does, what Elijah does. Moses and Elijah appeared with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. 
Uh, Moses and Elijah are mentioned in the very last chapter of the Old Testament. Jesus said Elijah would come uh, before that great and terrible day of the Lord. So they're going to be on the earth ministering and witnessing for God during that time. And then the 144,000 are 12,000 men, single men, of each of the 12 tribes of Israel. And it says they're sealed on their forehead by God, and they have a ministry that's given to them. And right after the 144,000 are described in Revelation chapter 7, you have this great multitude of Gentiles that no one can count who are believers in Jesus Christ. And it seems that this 144,000 are those who are used by God as evangelists to bring this great multitude uh, to faith in, in the Lord Jesus. So God is going to be very active. God is still in the darkest time in human history. He's going to still be a loving, merciful God who's seeking uh, to save uh, those who are lost. We're running out of time, so take me through the toughest judgments, which are called the bold judgments. And tell me what they are and what happens. Well, these bold judgments, I think, are right at the very end of the seven-year tribulation period. They're so bad, they can't last very long. Uh, the first one is loathsome sores upon uh, people on the earth who don't, know, who don't follow the Lord. The second one is, is the sea turns to blood. Yeah, before it was sea. just a portion, now it's all of it. That's all yeah. of it. And, and these are just like the plagues in Egypt. Right. So it's, it's like God is, is redoing uh, kind of... What he did before. Yeah, redoing what he's done before. Um, the fourth bold judgment is, is people are scorched by the sun. So just unrelenting heat from the sun. Uh, for the fifth vile or bold judgment is darkness and pain from sores. Be darkness, just you know, kind of a, a, an enveloping uh, darkness like a, a blanket being upon the world. And the sixth uh, vile or bold judgment is the Euphrates rivers dried up to prepare the way for the kings of the east. This uh, great group of eastern powers from east of the Euphrates River that will come into the land of Israel for uh, that final battle of Armageddon. And then in the, that seventh uh, judgment, what we have is massive hailstones coming down and, and, and pounding. You know, people are on the earth. So it's just, uh, it's really unimaginable what's going to happen on the earth during this time. And it's God pouring out His judgment on the earth because people have rejected their Creator and they've rejected His Son, the Lord Jesus. I was going to say that the worst thing is the accumulative effect mm. of the judgments He just mentioned. You've got sores all over your body. There's no water to drink. And the sun is scorching you alive. Right. I mean, just think how terrible that will be. Yeah. We're almost out of time. Talk about the Battle of Armageddon. Well, the Battle of Armageddon is this final great battle that takes place in Israel. Armageddon is a real place in Israel. It's up in, in northern Israel. There's a, a, a large valley there that, that's 20 miles long and 14 miles wide. Um, Napoleon called it the world's perfect battlefield. And the nations of the earth are going to gather together there. When they gather to this place called Armageddon, that the battle is actually going to stretch out throughout the whole land of Israel. And while the nations are gathered there, Jesus Christ is going to return from heaven on a white horse as King of kings and Lord of lords. And he's going to destroy the armies that are gathered there in the land of Israel. So that's going to be really the climactic event of this seven-year tribulation period, the battle of Armageddon, of the second coming of Jesus Christ. And the beast, the Antichrist, and the false prophet, his henchmen, are going to be a thrown alive into the lake of fire, the Bible tells us. Yeah, and things go on. I mean, God judges all of those folks, but then the fact is we go into a period where 
we have the millennial kingdom and God changes all kinds of things. We have some judgments in there too. We haven't got time to go into that, but we got to do eight programs on this where we can actually do the details because a lot of folks want to know what's happening in between and we just have skipped over those. But I wanted to say that God is nobody to mess around with. His judgment may be slow and merciful, but boy, it's going to come. And when it comes, you don't want to go up against God. Uh, would you say a prayer for people that say, I don't know Jesus. I don't know if I'm ready for the rapture. I'm not ready. If none of that happens and I just die and I have to stand before a holy God, and he says, why should I let you into my heaven? Mm -hmm. They don't know what to say. They got too many sins they've done in their life. Mm -hmm. God says, you got to be perfect. You got to be as perfect as Jesus to get into heaven by yourself. And none of us are. Mm -hmm. You need a savior. You need somebody to rescue you. And Jesus came and he did rescue us by dying on the cross and he paid for all of our sins. But we've got to make the decision to invite him into our life. Would you say a prayer mm -hmm. so that people could invite Christ into their life if they so choose to right now? Sure. Yeah, no one knows how much time they have personally or prophetically. You know, personally, we don't know how long we're going to live. Right. Prophetically, Jesus can come in any moment. So there's an urgency to this. So yep. if you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, uh, pray a prayer like this uh, with me now. Uh, Father, thank you so much for Jesus who came and died in my place. Um, he took all my sin upon him. There, there, there's no sin that I've committed that's too big for him to take. And I thank you that he rose again from the dead on the third day. And I receive Jesus to be my Savior. I know that I need Him. And I trust in Jesus and take Him to be my Savior right now. I believe in Him. Father, thank You for washing away my sin, for giving me the gift of, of eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, I love the Bible verse where God says right after John three sixteen, God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world. He didn't want to condemn you but he wanted that the world through Jesus Christ might be saved. He wants to save you. He loves you. He created you so that you could spend eternity with him, but he gives you the choice. And if you chose today to pray that prayer, it counts. If you didn't, God says, you're still on the other side here and you still have your own sins and you don't want to come before me with that because then it's judgment for eternity. Life is short, eternity is long, so decide for Christ. Thanks for joining us today, and I'm going to have these guys back in the future because world events are changing rapidly, and we're going to talk more about the book of Revelation. We've done a lot of things very quickly, but guys, I thank you all for coming. You did a terrific job, and thank you for watching, and if you'd stay tuned, i got a personal word for you in just a moment. Stay tuned. John will be right back. Thank you for being with us today. If you'd like to have all the information in our eight TV programs with Dr. Mark Hitchcock, Dr. Ron Rhodes, and Jeff Kindley, entitled Iran, Israel, and End Time Events, they are available together for a gift of $90. Now, in these programs, they answer many prophecy questions, including, does the Bible teach that in a moment, Someday, all believers on earth will be caught up to heaven at the rapture, and only unbelievers will be left on earth. They carefully examine the biblical doctrine of the rapture and give a well-reasoned defense to objections that are often raised against it, 
and provide a thorough biblical case for believing that it's true. Then they also examine the prophecies of Ezekiel that he made about Israel 2,700 years ago. We've all witnessed the recent horrible terrorist attack of Hamas on Israel. But Ezekiel predicts that in the future, this attack will not erase anti-Israeli sentiment in the world. He predicts a massive end times invasion into Israel by a coalition of northern nations that will all want to wipe Israel off the map. Ezekiel reveals the nations that will make up this military coalition of nations and tells what the outcome will be. His amazing prophecies will build your confidence that God is in control and He will never leave His people alone. Third, down through history, nations have risen and fallen, and historical scholars have listed many reasons why this has happened. Now, our three scholars ask, what do current events and trends in America tell us about America's future? Do our moral values and standards indicate that America is in decline? Are we watching the end of America? And can anything turn our country around? All of the information in these eight programs are available on DVD for a gift of $90. Then we're also offering three important books together. First, the 231-page book, Can We Still Believe in the Rapture? by Dr. Mark Hitchcock. Second, the 246-page book, Northern Storm Rising by Dr. Ron Rhodes about Ezekiel's predictions about Russia, Iran, and the emerging end times military coalition that will come against Israel in the future. And then third, the 254-page book by Jeff Kinley, Is This the End of America? Why is America not mentioned in prophetic end time events? Now, I highly recommend all three of these books, and they are available together in a package for a gift of only $40. And then if you wish to have all eight television programs on DVD, plus the three books, they are available together for only $130. If you live in the United States, you may order all of these materials now by calling us at 1-800-805-8030. That's 1-800-805-3030. You may call that same number any day this week, 24 hours a day. Or you may order these materials right now at our website at jashow.org. That's jashow.org. And then if you live in Canada, would you please call us at 1-866-746-5803? That's 1-866-746-5803. Or you may order these materials at our Canadian website at jashow.ca. That's jashow.ca. And when we receive your gift, we'll send you a receipt and a personal thank you. Finally, I have a special announcement for you today. Just before Christmas, if you've already purchased our DVDs or books, If you would like to give a special Christmas present of our bundle of prophecy books to some of your friends that answer most of their prophecy questions, we are making them available to you for the special gift of just $30 a bundle. 